Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Henry Michelson. He's the CTO, president, and co-founder at Hala. Henry, welcome to the show. Hi, Kelsey. Very excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So, Henry, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm, you know, a computer scientist by training. I, you know, am relatively early in my career, but I've been working on this project called Hala for the past eight years. Um, started out of college with two of my friends from high school, and we um, we began in three separate dorm rooms, and we were able to raise some venture capital funding and kind of um, begin our entrepreneurial journey. So through that experience, we've We've, you know, we've kind of pivoted a few times, but we've always had a core thesis, which is that finding food is essentially not optimized and that you can use AI and big data to be able to help people make, you know, smarter choices, more logical choices and choices that are better for the retailer, the restaurant, et cetera. And, um, and yeah, that's been a bit of my journey before that I, um, had a stint playing music. I was a guitarist, um, in several kind of like pro and semi-pro bands and um yeah and i think just general tech music all that type of good stuff so it sounds like you've had you know an interesting journey bringing you to hala tell me tell me a little bit more about hala yeah so as it currently stands for the past five years hala is an ai company that makes software specifically for grocers so we solve three problems that e-commerce grocers face, which is that you type in orange and you see orange juice show up. So bad product search, recommendations that are suboptimal. Why are the reordered product, you know, the buy it again selection, the thing I've only bought once and that make no sense. Um, and then also substitutions. So when a product's out of stock, oh, what is the best replacement for me? So again, like not substituting orange with orange juice or anything like that, but actually saying like, oh, you know, I know a mandarin is similar to an orange and this shopper shows an affinity towards that similar packaging, blah, blah, blah. So we sell three kind of AI products that help e-commerce grocers lead their product discovery on their site. Um, it's a very niche business, but as you know, online grocery is rapidly expanding and as it becomes more and more a part of daily life, people both, you know, have more convenience, which is great, but they also have more frustration when half of their order is missing or when it takes forever or when the website's not up to Amazon quality. So we primarily help those kind of mid-tier grocers um, where, you know, they're large, they're established companies, but they're not e-commerce companies na natively. And we help give them a power up to compete against the likes of Amazon and those players. I a few things that came to mind when you were talking about that one I can imagine too during you know the past few years during COVID during the peak of that I imagine that Hala really probably was necessary for a lot of companies talk to me a little bit about that yeah I mean it was a very interesting thing where we got into grocery right when Amazon bought Whole Foods and that was kind of like the starter's pistol for this whole space because all of a sudden, you know, it's not just, let's say you're a mid-tier grocer. You're not just competing with Kroger and with the really big grocers. You're now competing with one of the most innovative, successful tech-forward companies 
that, you know, famously started out in the book industry and, you know, look where they went. And so that kind of kickstarted things. It put e-commerce on every grocer's mind, you know, instead of being 1%, I mean, it was still a very small percentage of sales, but it was something that people were getting a consensus that, um, that needed to be better and needed to have investment behind it. Now, during COVID, things went absolutely bananas. Like, I mean, just you can even see that in Instacart stock price, you know, it like at least four or five X during, during COVID. I know it hit a high in like the 40 billion. Um, and, and, and that's just because all of a sudden everyone needs to buy groceries online because people don't want to go in store. Um, that growth has since leveled off, you know, it kind of yanked the demand for, for forward, but every grocer during COVID, you know, came to terms with the fact that they need to be an e-commerce business as much as their brick and mortar business. And so it was a definite huge benefit for what we're doing at Paula. Um, you know, and, you know, while it was a terrible situation in general, it definitely advanced this, this, this industry. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things that people found was that, you know, I mean, obviously the biggest pain point during COVID was I ordered this, why are the wrong things being delivered? Um, but as we're finding now, it's like people are starting to solve more foundational problems, but to really make a great experience, it, it takes an unbelievable amount of work. Um, like for reference, you know, one person can build a recommendation service for some type of grocery, but to build something that's Amazon caliber, to build something that's, you know, really, really top tier, um, you know, they employ hundreds of people who work on these types of technologies. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely opened up a market niche for us. Interesting. Elaborate a little bit more um, on, you know, Hollow's personalized recommendation system, because you, you said that's one of, you know, really the 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 core functions of Hala. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, if you think about what we do in general is we take in some kind of information. So it could be that X user with X products on their cart is looking at a certain page, right? And what we need to do is we need to tell the website what content should be dynamically populated. So it can be very simple, like um, saying, oh, you log on. Kelsey logs on to, you know, the grocery she shops at. Here are, you know, the products you should buy again. And that might sound super simple. You just show products that you've previously purchased. But there's actually a huge amount of science that goes into understanding that, oh, well, you usually buy bananas every other week and you bought them last week. So then you might not buy them this week. Starting to understand, you know, everyone's relationship to certain SKUs, to certain categories, their frequencies of buying and rebuying and trends. Like maybe Kelsey is, you know, during summer changing the different meals that she makes, right? Like that's very real stuff that we have to model out. And that's just for reorders, which seems the most simple, but you can think about it like, okay, you know, I'm looking at what's in your cart. Oh, I think you're making a taco night. How can I recommend other complimentary products that go with it at time of checkout? Um, everything down to the substitutions, you know, you can substitute you know, yogurt for Greek yogurt under some circumstances, but yogurt for sour cream under other circumstances. It really depends on the cart, the shopper, the shopping trip, et cetera. 
And so that's what we do. We effectively take in large amounts of data and we use that data to find patterns such that in real time, when shoppers are you know, building their cart, we can assist them by using that shared knowledge that everyone creates to then go through and complete their shopping trip in a sense. Love that, you know, that part of almost upselling as well, because you're supporting the the company being able to say, hey, you know, like you said, let's run with the taco night. It looks like you've bought everything for tacos. You know, how about maybe let's add some avocado to that or like finding ways to like continue to continue to expand that. So I think that's really interesting. And then the second point too, that I want to, you know, highlight is you made a comment about, you know, having like an Amazon level of experience. And I think that raises a really good point that users have a very high standard now for what the user experience is. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean- Nobody wants to log on a site where you search something and products that aren't the thing you're looking for show up at the top and where you don't have autocorrect when you mistype something and when you, and like when it takes forever to get your food delivered, it's like people have very high standards, very, very, very high standards. And that's because, you know, we've, we've all watched these amazing tech companies come through and pave the ground. And the hard part is that, you know, it took Amazon like 20 years plus to get to where it is now. But the problem is that they're already here. So these grocers need to catch up fast. It's not like they get to take 20 years making this thing. In 20 years, they won't have any shoppers. So they need to be able to move at warp speed to be able to do it. Took Amazon 20 and two. And so, you know, yeah. And you can just see that where during the pandemic, like one of my favorite stats, and I might get the numbers slightly wrong, but the basic, you know, gist of it is, if more than like 20% of your order was missubstituted, so let's say, you know, you bought 10 items, you get eight of them from the store, or, or sorry, you get 10 of them from the store. If more than two of them are not fulfilled or incorrectly filled, so let's say, you know, again, you ordered oranges, you got orange juice, that's an incorrectly filled, or you ordered oranges, you didn't get anything, that's not filled. In those cases, you know, you lose your shopper. That's what the study came out and said. That shopper forever moves to another grocer. And that is really important because it's like, you know, one of the things we have to do is we have to figure out what is the grocer looking for? Like, how can we meet them? For some people, it's, I just want a bigger basket. And, and that's totally reasonable. And we can help solve that with the cart racks and the reorder racks and all those types of things that I just mentioned. But another thing is I'm losing shoppers. Help me. Another thing is, oh my gosh, when I'm fulfilling my orders, even though, you know, people are sticking with me and coming back, I'm losing money because the basket's getting smaller, right? Because I'm refunding them for products that didn't show up. So there's all these different types of metrics. I mean, that's kind of the beautiful thing about what we do is like, we're making a core process better, which has a ripple effect and hits a lot of different metrics for these types of retailers. Hmm, that's really interesting. And, you know, I think that's an important note to talk about the importance of, you know, like you said, you know, retaining those customers, because you said they can go anywhere else very, very quickly. Um, so Henry, I'm curious, I want to pick your brain a little bit more talking about, you know, uh, advances in the industry. So do you have any insights or maybe predictions on, you know, what the future of personalized recommendations in, you know, the AI grocery space will look like? It's a great question. It's something that we've been talking about a lot at, at Hala. And I mean, the answer is that 
it's kind of tricky because there's there's all these new types of like essentially the AI recommendation space for a long time settled into basic practices of how these things are done. And everyone can have a different flavor, but it's all the same cake with maybe different frosting in a sense. Um, but now with the rise of AGI and with, you know, companies like OpenAI and these types of tools, the, the whole kind of paradigm is starting to flip. And the big question is, Will it actually flip? Is this just a show? Is this something that's actually going to move the needle? But I, I think you asking that question right now is actually a uniquely interesting moment in time. Um, because historically, the way that these systems have worked, right, is and the way that like most of these recommendations work for everyone, for every single company, is that they have a large amount of usage data and what they do is they find patterns in that. So then they can say, halfway through using your site, I've noticed that if you have these things in your cart, you probably want these things in your cart. Those types of, you know, that type of analysis is what guides pretty much all AI that you see on websites. However, what Gen AI seeks to say is like, hey, can I just feed a machine information from the entire web and just have it learn that, you know, pasta goes with pasta sauce. And what that allows for is a lot more conversational type recommendations. So when you asked about that, like there's definitely some kind of place that it can go there. I don't think that the use cases have been perfectly found. Um, so yeah, I, I think what, what, what you're going to see is, you know, in the group. So that's kind of in the AI space. There's this new type of tech. Everyone thinks it's exciting. I don't think anyone's really cracked using it for shopping yet. Then in the actual grocery space, what you're seeing is like grocers are trying to build a site like Amazon's to keep on using that metaphor, but you can do better for food. You know, it, buying your groceries is different than buying your back to school supplies and stuff like that, because groceries has a direct effect on your health and the health of your family. And so I think there's a there's beginning to be an acknowledgement of that from grocers and there's all these new types of innovations around health. So like, how can I, as part of helping you build your basket, help you build a basket that works for your health goals, such that if you have high cholesterol or you have diabetes, you know, starting to bring precision nutrition into the grocery shopping experience. Because if you think about it, I mean, probably a better place than your doctor's office to start making interventions because instead of just hearing something and then forgetting about it, like most people do, it can actually remind you and shape how you build that basket. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's kind of an area that people are trying to explore. I don't think anyone's fully cracked it yet because it's really hard because grocery is a low margin business. So, so much of the profit that grocers make is through deals with the brands that actually make those products. So I, I think, you know, that's the dance is how do you keep the brands happy while also creating a better customer experience? But I do think there is consensus that a better customer experience is driven by health and that health needs to be a part of that. So, you know, I think those are three kind of pieces at play and um, there's going to be a lot of innovation that comes out of there. It's a very exciting time.
Yeah. Let's, let's take a second. Let's, I, I love this term. Let's double click on talking about precision nutrition. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about kind of knowing that with that in the future, how is HALA adapting its technology to keep that in mind? Is, is there anything that's on the forefront for, for HALA? Totally. So one of the biggest tasks is, well, how we like to see ourselves is that we take in data and we help optimize e-commerce grocery sites based on that data to you know dynamically populate content on the screen right so that's a very vague statement and we keep it vague intentionally because that helps us actually build in that type of health functionality um because for example it's just a bias that the retailer or the consumer can set for how much they want to veer towards healthier goods um the real challenge in the space that that people have not really been able to crack is that it's really hard to be able to quantify how healthy a given product is. And you can even see this in the FDA guidelines where I think it was something where until very recently, I think they said that like salmon was unhealthy because it had high fat, but that like, you know, Dan and yogurt was healthy because it was low fat and reduced sugar. And they just flipped it where they're starting to say, you know, processed goods are bad and, you know, these types of whole foods are good. And, you know, for humans, it's kind of makes sense. Like we all know to eat carrots and stuff, you know, but actually being able to quantify these rules and being able to score every single product in the grocery store is, is quite tricky. It's not something to trivialize. And let's say that you could score every product having everyone agree on the score is even more challenging. Like, let's say that we knew that salmon was healthier than, you know, the yogurt. Getting everyone to agree on that or enough people that the product is really usable and loved is also tricky. So um, there's definitely some challenges that are out there. Um, but I think that's a major area. There's a bunch of companies that are trying to work on solving that type of problem. Um, but that that needs to happen before AI services like what we do can actually use that data to start curating a better browsing experience. Interesting. You know, one of one of the main focuses of our podcast is talking about growth. Um, and I want to hear, you know, Hala, were there any key lessons that you learned in building and scaling Hala with, Hala with the other founders? Totally. <laughs> I mean, it's been, you know, eight years of learning lessons. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, One of the main lessons is I think a lot of people think you raise money and then you use that money to invest in the business. And I think as we've gone through it, one of the key lessons that we've learned for future endeavors is you really want to grow like the best time to pour resources on the business is when it's driven by actual demand, not just by venture funding. And I think it's it's hard to know, right? Like, how do you know the right time? It really does come down to these gut feels. But, you know, I really think that a lot of people conflate getting VC money with real demand for their product. And I think that, like, you know, that's a very, very, very important lever to understand. Because what we found was we, it took us a few extra years to actually get to the point of demand where we had to prove out the kinks in our solution and get there. And now we're actually starting to experience real growth. And so it's a great time to start pouring more resources on. But what we found previously is that 
you can raise venture funds, you can triple your team, but the actual amount of clients is not tripling. And then you start to get into a lot of intractable problems really, really, really quickly. So, you know, I think that's just an important kind of uh, learning lesson that we've had and that um, is very useful for everyone who's starting out. Like you definitely want to invest in growth because if you don't, you're going to get beaten. But at the same time, you need to have a bit of a, um, an understanding of which growth is organic, like because I've actually figured stuff out, I'm solving problems, have a repeatable sales cycle, all that fun stuff. And which stuff is, oh, I just, you know, got X million dollars from an investor, like that type of inorganic uh, growth fuel. Interesting. I, I think it's an interesting point saying, yes, we were able to get this, you know, this VC funding, but like you said, having that doesn't necessarily mean that you get more clients right away. So making that, that tough decision of saying, this is, this is when we, this is when we scale up and maybe this is when we press the brakes a little bit, but well, Henry, I think this has been a terrific conversation. As we start to wrap up, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it be advice, whether it be anything more about Hala, anything you want to leave our listeners with? Well, this is kind of a super cheesy quote, but I think about it quite a lot. Um, you know, I've, I've heard multiple people say it and seem to take credit for it. So I don't know who originally said it, but you know, the, the basic idea that everyone in one year thinks they can do more than they can actually do, but in 10 years, they are, you know, they think they can do way less than they actually can. And I just want, you know, I think that's really an important thing because in, in every year plan that we've made at HALA, We've been upset at the end of the year because <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, I thought we could do double what we thought we could do in January. Um, but over the past 10 years, seeing where we are now, it, um, I mean, eight, almost 10, but you know, it's, I, I feel so um, proud of ourselves and of the journey we've been through. And I couldn't imagine being in the spot that we are now. So I just think, you know, just, just an important thing to think about. I think that's. I think that's amazing. And, you know, it took me a second, it took me a step back because, you know, it's, we're getting close to the end of the year now. People are much more reflective as well. I think that's a great little bit to leave our listeners with. So Henry, I love that. So Henry, this was a terrific conversation. I appreciate all of your insights, you know, the the growth that you've seen with Hollis, the success, kind of what you said coming in the future. Uh, I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Thank you so much, Kelsey. I hope you have a fantastic uh, rest of the year. Yeah, great to have you. Hey. Are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.